Dave's Five Hot Takes. Yeah! Welcome back, everybody, to Dave's Five Hot Takes. And I am, in fact, Dave of Dave's Five Hot Takes. So excited to have you guys and gals back. This is a really fun season-ending episode before we... Cue up season two here in a in a hot minute and get some uh, get that party started. That was a record scratch. Um, so excited to have you guys back. So this episode is a fun. This is a really fun. I'm biased. I'm always biased with these episodes, but I do think this one is is especially fun because it's a little bit out of nowhere. I got a um, DM from my boy, my new friend Robbie Higginbottom. Um, on Instagram, and he basically just said, hey, you know, you talk about these songs, you'd sort of send into space uh, because you love them so much and you feel like it would they would either sort of represent culture to the aliens or the whatever lives out there, um, or they're just songs that you love that be like, this is what great music can be. Why don't you do a, a uh, podcast, an episode dedicated just to that, to the songs I'd sp- send into space? So this is that episode, and I want to say a couple qualifiers before we dive in because I don't want to, I'm going to get some heat gonna get some heat off this one people are gonna like uh they're gonna get at me let, let me tell you the qualifiers for this one this is one of the hardest things that i've done on this podcast so far was try to compile 10 songs that i feel like are important enough that i would want to sit with some alien race to say you know here is music and here is what we can do um so so one is um it was really hard to do two my kind of qualifier was i i am sticking with what i know so this is not going to be a bunch of blues song, it's songs. It's not going to be a bunch of jazz songs. It's not songs in other languages. This isn't like this is what the human race can do, okay? This is going to be the, here are the songs as an American dude that I like, um, that I think you need to hear. That's that's what that's kind of the setup for this bad boy, okay? So one, um, I, my, my requirements were this. One, that I can justify why they're on there, okay, and why I think they're important. Two, that they make me feel something. So this isn't a cerebral list. This is not something I sat down and went, what are the songs that I feel like, were like would make a dent to the aliens and they would see like why the corp crash? What is this voice I'm doing? Um, this is a, they had to resonate with me. I have to like these songs. They can't just be songs that I'm like, oh, they're cool, you know? Um, and I do think they have to have some significance and that it's going to be something that I really try to sort of back up and explain as this podcast, as I unfurl, unveil these, uh, songs. Um, so that, that, those are the requirements. So as we step into this hot mess, uh, that I'm really excited and proud of, but man, this was hard to do. Um, that, that's kind of my requirements. Okay. So, so as we, as we dive in, buckle up cause it's go time. Hot take one. So the first song and we're coming in hot folks, we always come in hot at Dave's five hot takes is Bohemian Rhapsody or as the frat guys would call it Bohemian Rhapsody, even though I'm not sure why they're from Southern California, but they are. And stop telling me what we have to do because you're not the boss of me. Um, one of the reasons uh, I should say this first. When I decided these songs and I wrote out my list, and I was, this took forever, as I told you, but the first question I have under each song is literally just the, the word why with a question mark because I was like, it's really important that I can sort of enunciate to you guys, and most importantly, the aliens, again, the Atlians, if uh, why this I've chosen this song. And when I think of Bohemian Rhapsody, I can't think of a song to me Again, this is my list, and I want to say this again. This is this. I have to establish this. This is my list. I'm not saying this is what everybody should think. I'm not saying this should. This is a collective list that's the all-encompassing best ten songs. This is what me. This is what Dave would send. Okay, so so back off. Get off my jock. Uh, <laughs> but I think to me, Bohemian Rhapsody is the penultimate example to me 
of what a human being can do musically. It is the apex of songwriting wizardry. Um, now, is it the best song of all time? No, that's not That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm just saying if I'm sitting with an alien and he's like, tell me and somehow understand his language, to, you know, play some of this music. I would play this song first and just be like, this is us at our most gangstified. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is us doing what we can do at an insanely high level because later I'm going to play you some really simple songs, some really beautiful songs, but this song is what happens when a human being is just able to go, I'm going to make, I'm going to one time write a beautiful, rocking, sad, uh, you know, um, classical, uh, crazy song that not only is a, is a, um, cool song it's a great song and that to me is a big deal when I made this list is I didn't want to get these sort of random songs that people would know or they are like you know live off in this on the side I wanted songs that 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 are great songs okay because I mean it's easy to find cool poetic songs for folk or it's easy to find like you know some guitar wizardry that's amazing but the song isn't great I wanted great songs okay so you know this song is a great song and that's another reason it's on there uh, I think it's again one of the most encompassing songs of all time maybe the most all-encompassing song it's sort of all music in one it's awesome it does so much it's hooky you want to hear it again it's sad it's happy it rocks it's slow musically there are a million things going on that would take five podcast to break down I think it's a masterpiece in my opinion uh, overall um and you know I can't figure out if it's the first or the last thing I would play and I've decided to come in hot with the first because it's Dave's five hot takes folks okay this is Dave's warm takes okay oh my gosh you guys we know that um so so I you know because it, it would be fun to like lead to this but I thought let's just show them what we can do at our at our at our best and this song to me hot take folks is is kind of what People at our best can write is this kind of music, which is bananas and amazing and slow and fast and fun and sad and crazy and rocking. And you feel everything kind of in one song. And that to me is it's got to it's got to be on there. And that's why it is. Hot take two. The second song, and this will come as a surprise to absolutely no one, is Yesterday by the Beatles. Um, Why? Dare I say it might be the most universal song ever written. The most sort of universally, universally, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> that's my education on parade. Uh, it may be the most universally accepted, loved, respected um, song of all times. Here's some fun facts on Yesterday by the Beatles. 2,200 cover versions. It's one of the most covered songs in all of recorded music. It was voted the best song of the 20th century uh, by a 1999 BC Radio 2 poll. Um, Voted the number one pop song of all time by MTV and Rolling Stone the following year. 97, the song was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. BMI asserts it has been performed over 7 million times in the 20th century. Now, I want you to understand this is not this is not a numbers game. I'm not just doing you know these songs under the guise of like what's the most successful song. But I think this is one of those rare moments where a where the song actually gets its due in pop culture. So not only is it a great song, but people knew it was a great song and it was a huge hit song. Um which is a huge reason why it's on this list. Um there is something 
about it and the nostalgia of it that I think is really universal. Uh, you, I just said it again. <laughs> if you guys just want to stop the podcast and not listen to me anymore because I'm proving why um, you can take the boy out of Mississippi, but not the Mississippi out of the boy, right? Uh, but it is so universal. It's met with those mo- melancholy, what is wrong with me? Melancholy chords. Um, and so it's really undeniable. Um, it's just one of those songs that, again, if I'm playing it for the this other alien race, I would say this is, this is music. If you want to know great song, the end, just it'll make you feel. It's beautiful. The chord changes are wonderful. It is everything about this song is completely bulletproof obviously you have to talk about yesterday and I love this song. This isn't one of those, like I respect it from far away. Again, I only put songs on this list that, that I love and move me deeply. And yesterday is very much one of those things. And I tell you to prove it's sort of universality. Thank you very much. Made up for it there. Um, go listen to some of the covers. You'd be amazed how many people covered this song right after it came out. Um, it's just one of those songs that everybody liked, and that's those are soul covers, R&B covers. You can find about any kind of cover of this song because everybody loves it and feels it. And to me, that's it's got to be on the list. Hot Take 3. Anyone that knows me knows my deep, deep abiding <laughs> and never-changing love of Stevie Wonder. So it was just a matter of what Stevie Wonder song had to be on here. And this one was tough, folks, because this, I could choose, I could have sent just 10 Stevie Wonder songs and been like, you don't need to know any other music. All you need to know will be in these 10 songs, which is a pretty hot take, and I don't know that I fully believe that. But I could do that. I could do that. I could easily do 10 of his songs. But I put I Wish, and the reason why is this is what R&B sounds like to me at its zenith, at its most amazing um, it's complicated, it's busy, it's everywhere, and it's wonderfully perfect because of all of those things. I mean, you know, Stevie played a lot of the instruments on this track, which, you know, if you want to do a really fun deep dive into what makes Stevie so great is so much of what he did was he played himself, you know, throughout the years, um, especially once he started producing himself and had the people would let him do that because early on they wanted, you know, the Motown funk brothers and guys to play on tracks, which I mean, why would you not with, you know, uh, JJ Jamerson and these guys who were just mutant players. But when he really got in and was able to do his own thing, it's, and you know, I listened to this really great Instagram live the other night of this guy breaking down superstition, which was on the list. But to me, I wish hits the hardest of his songs to me, to me, to me. Now, don't get mad at me because I'm with you, folks. Anybody that's getting mad at me, I'm with you. But to me, I wish comes on and it just messes. I want to dance. I want to dance. <laughs> Let me dance, dad. I'm a dancer. I mean, I love this song. Um, but the Instagram live came on and this guy was just walking through superstition. And, you know, Stevie played all of these songs on his own but uh, that are on that record especially but you know he would do this thing where he'd play the drums by himself and then he'd add stuff onto it and you can just feel it that's the thing you don't get and not many people can do that as artists that they they can fully realize what they're hearing in their head by playing everything on their own I mean Lenny Kravitz is in that world obviously Stevie and there's people that can, but man, Stevie could really do it. And and the thing that was great is it wasn't perfect. And that's the point this guy kind of made on this Instagram live as he broke down track by track and would play just the drums. And he played just the, there's seven clav parts on that song, but on superstition, but it just shows you it. It's you single them out and there and you think, what the heck is he doing? But man, you put them in the whole fabric of the thing and just magic happens. And this is one of those songs to me. 
Um, you have to dance. It keeps building. The horns are insane. I mean, it's just amazing. Maybe my favorite part of this song, and I remember vividly hearing the song, because I was in college before I really got into Stevie, and uh, which sounds like a weird drug, but it is a drug. Um, he's a drug. But uh, I remember the moment I heard the breakdown after the first chorus. The I was just like, this is, I think this is the funkiest anything can get. <laughs> and now people are going to hate me for saying that. But it just slays me. The horns on the outro. Again, it's to me, I promise you halfway through the song, the alien be like, I don't know what this is, but good gracious, what are my hips doing? I'd be like, get it, girl or guy. I can't tell which one you are because you're an alien. Maybe you can. And I don't want to, that's a long conversation, but I just think they'd be like, good gracious. Thank you for playing me this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just too good. It's too good. It's Stevie at his best. Hot take four. This next song, Back in Black by ACDC. And you know, if you grew up in the church like I did, these guys were <laughs> like, the, like the devil. I don't know. I'm not going to speak to that, but I just know that if you're asking me why, which is again what I put at the top of all these, it is the most rocking song of all time to me. Now listen, listen, back down. I know some of you guys, now this is again my list, but I think it is the most rocking, not because it's like, oh, there's harder riffs or there's like, you know, nastier guitar grooves on songs, sure. But this song accomplishes a few things at once. Um, <laughs> it's got this, it's a, it's a, it's a great song. And the space that, makes it magic is also a huge part of why it's so great um <laughs> it comes on and it's like it's time to fight or kiss or dunk or spray paint or maybe all of them at once which sounds like maybe you could have done in the late 80s in new york but uh it's got the groove it's got power chords it's got the super riff um something about this song to me and i think why it's the greatest example in my opinion of like rock and roll is it's distilled to this unbelievable form you can find a million songs that have a killer riff. You can find a million songs that feel like they're rocking. I mean, Rage Against the Machine to me is still pound for pound, maybe the most like head bobbing. When they start into any of those songs, you feel it. But it's this song to me, one, those songs wouldn't be here without Back in Black, which is why it wins that race just first off. Like we, I feel like the conversation's over at that point. But it's just done. Mutt Lang and ACDC were able to go, how do we get this into its most uh, digestible, simple form in production, in the writing, in the lyrics? And it is so, so, so nailed. You know, it's the juxtaposition of the space of the verse versus the business of the chorus, how it opens up. The solo is amazing. The solo outro is amazing. You know, I mean, they're coming for your skull which is what rock and roll is, but but in a way that is so palatable and perfect and done at its highest level without any fat. It is like, this is rock and roll distilled to a perfect three and a half minute, or actually it's longer than that because it's got the outro, but whatever the timing is of the song, it, you will not do it more concise and well done, in my opinion, than Back in Black. So it has to be played. And again, this is where the alien's like, oh man, I want to break stuff. And I'm like, right, now be careful because you probably got guns that could destroy the earth, so let's not make some bad decisions. But I just think this is one of those songs that I think they'd be like, this is, what is this? And I'd be like, exactly. This is rock and roll, baby. Hot Take 5. You guys have heard me talk about this song before, and so you'll know my affinity for it, but it's Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Um, I think it's the simplest, best song of all time. For me, again. All of these are for me. So if you're asking me why, which is again what I write at the end of, at the top of each of these notes, 
a simpler, better song can't be written in every way, in my opinion. Every part of this song, all the melodies, the words, the parts, the production, Bill's singing, it is perfectly done. It's perfectly done. It's simple. I literally think of any song, and I've really thought about this, and I may have a song that I go, ooh, I may be wrong. I'm, I'm saying this over yesterday by the Beatles. I'm, I don't think there's a better, simpler song than Lean On Me. Melodically, that he follows, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. That whole thing, I just think Bill had to sit at the piano and go, wait, nobody has ever done this before? And then the thought, Lean On Me, is there a better idea? Is there a better thing to say to the world than we need to be together? I'm here for you. And it's done in a way that is so succinct, so well done. You know, I, I think, in, in my opinion, it may be the juxtaposition of Bohemian Rhapsody. This is, so that is sort of complex perfection, pop rock complexity at its best. This is to me perfect simplicity at its best. You know uh, that it. This is what just every freaking part of this song is just so good. I can't imagine writing a song like this. Um, and. And then, you know, to me, to cap it off, one of the most underrated outro, come on the call me, oh baby, I'm call me, we'll just need a frick call. It's just so good. Every part of it is so good. I really think this is the best, simplest song of all time. And it's on my list of songs I wish I'd written. If they're talking, like, I may do that podcast sometime, but it's just, it's, un- it's bulletproof. It is... You put the song through any kind of search and it's coming out the other side, perfect as it was as it went in. That was a weird analogy, but I think you know what I'm saying. I love this song and it would absolutely be one of the 10 I'd play for the aliens. Hot take six. This song is one of those songs that's really grown on me the older I've gotten. Um, I, I liked it growing up. It's 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 one of those kind of, it's a song that's everywhere. But as I've gotten older, it really messes with me. This song gets in my heart and just moves around and makes me feel things. But it's Natural Woman, Woman, or You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin, written by Jerry Goffin, Carol King, and Jerry Wexler, who are all just legends. Um, this song is so unbelievable. It's it's a really interesting song to me because one, you you it you're uh, you're always going to be blown away by Aretha Franklin's singing on this because she is, you know, arguably the greatest soul singer and one of the greatest just singers of all time but mainly because of the way that she can communicate with her voice I mean that's the trick about singing which I've talked about before on this podcast but it's one thing to be able to sing really well but it's 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 a whole other thing it's a whole other superpower to be able to sing something and make people feel it because those people aren't always the great singers she's the weird rarity where she's both she can sing something better than anybody can but she also sings in a way that makes you feel something but I think this is how you feel a song. When Natural Woman comes on, I'm a dude, I'm a man, and I feel <laughs> like a natural woman when I hear this song. I feel like you could play this for the meanest prisoner in the meanest prison uh, in Azkaban or Alcatraz. It could be a real prison or a fantasy prison. And he would want to put lipstick on for a moment and just feel pretty. I mean, it's just transcendent. This song, everything about it works to what it is trying to do which is to sort of have this lifting moment, you know, it, it, I mean, every part of this song, it just feels like it lifts you up to heaven for these moments, but especially through this way of a woman saying, 
this is what it feels like to be a woman in love. This is what it feels like to be loved. This is what it feels like to be adored, treasured, pursued, loved by a man. You make me feel like a natural woman. It's unbelievable. The strings on the chorus, the whole thing is just so heavenly. And I think in some ways, I think I would play it for the aliens and say, this is the musical version of what it sound, what a woman in love sounds like. It's this song. It is You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. It is such a good song and again one that for me has really grown on me the more of because I think it's been in my you know in my periphery for so long that as I got older I started to listen to it and I was like no there's a lot to this song and then it's like it re-affected me all over again uh and it's become one of my favorite songs hot take seven this one was a fun one. This, it was tricky. One of the dilemmas I had with this, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is I didn't know if I wanted to do this genre by genre. So I have like one example of every genre. One, that's not, I don't know enough genres to do that. Like I love music, but I'm not like a blues head. I'm not a jazz guy. I mean, I, I love those those genres and I have songs and, and artists that I love in those genres, but I've in no way qualified enough to say that. So I thought I got to stick to what I know and what I love and what has affected me. And I thought I got to put It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. One, so the why, this is hip hop to me. And I know a lot of, boy, this is going to bristle some hip hop heads, but this is and always will be a jam. One of the things uh, that was tricky. And again, I didn't want to go genre by genre, but I love, I'm a hip hop guy. I like hip hop. I don't, I'm, I'm, I've had phases where I'm in and out of it. I'm not at all an expert, but I really love the genre. And so I thought it'd be fun to have something because hip hop to me is, is one of those genres I'd want them to hear because it's, it's such a fascinating take on what music has done. Hip hop to me is this really cool commentary on what music can evolve into that isn't in its first iteration, it's in its 10th, you know, because you've got um, loops and samples. I mean, I'm kind of one of those old school guys that I like, you know, most of the songs I like have some sample or some riff they're picking up from another song. Um, And so, but then you have spoken word and rap over it. And so to me, I just think it'd be fun to sit down with aliens and be like, hey, remember how you heard this song? We'll check out what happened 30 years later, 40 years later. it's it's but this song especially um and you know it's it's tricky with hip-hop because um you know i thought about notorious big i thought about jay-z all these songs and i there's songs they have but i was like i just don't want to be the guy that's like promoting these really (laughs) sort of like uh you know dirty songs and that whole thing it's you know but i think this song when it comes on who doesn't know if not all at least some of the words to this song. You turn the song on at any party and people are going to start rapping with it from the most uptight hip-hop head to the most heavy metal-loving guy. If they know this song, they love this song. To know this song is to love this song. I read this great quote about It Takes Two. Music critic Stephen Thomas Erlwine of All Music Guide writes, There are many critics and listeners who claim that Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock's It Takes Two is the greatest hip-hop single ever cut, and it's hard to disagree with them. I do not disagree with them. I mean, uh, I want to rock right now. I'm Rob Bass, and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. And if you know that right in your head, you're already rapping the... It is... Maybe the best first line of any song of all time, especially as an inter- introduction to who it is. I just think this song is a party starter and to me would have to be like if I'm going to have a hip hop song. And I really wanted to because, again, I thought I think it's a really important thing and a cool thing to show 
how music can iterate and change over time and turn into a genre that's like a genre made of all the other genres, which I guess all of them are. I digress. But the, I was like, I got to I gotta have a great hip-hop song. I thought of a bunch of them, but to me, this one's like, you got to throw this in. I just don't know many people that wouldn't at least contend that this is in the top 10 of hip-hop songs. If not, again, maybe the best one, which I'm, I'm not pushing back on that. I think it's it's a jam. Hot Take 8. This next song should be no surprise to anyone that knows me or knows this podcast because I've mentioned this song as being one of the songs I'd send into space, so it had to be on the list, and it should be on the list. My Girl by the Temptations, written by Ronald White and Smokey Robinson of The Miracles, and I believe they both produced it too. This song, again, I don't think anybody's going to be like, are you kidding, Dave, really, that song? But to me, why? Because this is what love sounds like. This, this song. And I just don't know a lot of people that are going to push back. Now, we all have our songs that are the songs we think of with our spouse or with, you know, the people that we love. Um, but I think this song might at least be on the list. It may not be your favorite, but I, it, it, and again, this is one of those, every time this comes on at a wedding, I want to dance with Annie. I want to dance with my wife. It just makes me feel like I want to have you close to me. This is what love sounds like, you know? Um, if the wonderfulness and simplicity of love could be distilled into a song, this is the song. I read this on Wikipedia and I thought this was great. Over time, My Girl with its signature introduction, an unrestrained expression of male joy would become one of Motown's most best known and successful singles. Um, and you know, I thought this was a funny thought and an interesting thought. If natural woman is what it sounds like for a woman to a woman in love, for a woman in love, this is what it sounds like to be a man in love. And so they're really, I thought it'd be fun to have both of those on the list. You know, natural woman is a woman singing about what love is like, you know, my girls, a guy singing what it's like to be in love, uh, with a woman. And so I just, I really enjoyed the juxtaposition of those two things. And again, I just, I think anybody that knows this song has a place for it in their heart. I really do. It may not be their favorite song, but who doesn't like this song? Because it, you just feel it. It sounds like, I talked about this on the Valentine's podcast that I did because we talked about the song, but all the imagery, all the music, it just sounds like spring and falling in love and wonderfulness and kissing. <laughs> so I had to put it on here. And I think any alien listening would be looking at their spouse across the room, assuming that they work with them and are in the room as they interview me and like winking, assuming they have eyelids. It's got weird. Hot take nine. So these last couple of songs were really fun and, and the hardest ones to get for me because I kind of felt like the rest of the songs made sense. I knew kind of what um, they weren't really hard to come with, come up with. I had to remember some of them and sort of do some deep dives on, you know, songs I'd, I'd, put in playlists and go, oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. But this one was tricky because I, I really, it, it, but it, it, the reason it's on this list is not because it's a country song, even though I think that is fun to kind of say, Hey aliens, here's a country song. Here's what country music sounds like in, in the United States. Um, but more because I just think it's a, it's one of the greatest songs ever written. And, and it's, and then it became dual purpose on like, Hey, if you want to know what country music sounds like, here's what it sounds like. But it's walk away Joe by Trisha Wood. It's written by, uh, Vince Melmed, Melma, Melamed. I don't know how to say that. And Greg Barnhill, uh, two country songwriters, professional country songwriters. I just think it's perfect. Um, I wish I'd written this song. I've tried to write this song in writing rooms with my country co-writing friends a hundred times to no effect. 
Um, it's probably my favorite country song of all time. And it's not just a great country song. It's a great song, which is what really I finally landed on. Um, everything about this song is, is perfect to me. Uh, the lyric is beautiful and it tells a story. Again, it's a great country song because it unveils a story. Um, the descending melody in the verse. Oh, it's just underneath the Texaco star. It's just beautiful melodies. And I tell you what seals it for me. If you don't know this song, go listen to it. Don Henley sings harmony on it and kind of counter melodies at times too. And the melding of those two voices, Trisha and Don's, I call them Trisha and Don, we're good friends, is really, really magical. And I think even for people that may not be country music fans, I don't know how you wouldn't love this song. And finally, Matt Rawlings, who I believe played piano on this, it's a perfect piano playing part. It's just gorgeous. His playing, even when I was a kid and heard this song, I remember thinking, man, that piano sounds cool. Um, And to me, it just had to make the list. I kind of wanted to have, you know, a couple songs from different genres on here that I wouldn't naturally probably think of. And this one was perfect because, again, I love this song. I love this song. Um, and I think it'd be fun to play, but mostly because it's just a great song. I, I just think, and I, and I felt very affirmed. I texted one of my really good friends, Luke Laird, who's, um, to quote Trent Dabb, has got more number ones, number one country songs. He's got more number ones in a, uh, than a uh, first grade field trip. <laughs> I've sort of butchered that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I remember Trent saying that and I laughed out loud. But Luke, who's just been a very successful country songwriter here in Nashville, I'd, I'd sent him that song, and he was like, dude, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I thought, you know what? If one of the most successful country songwriters of all time loves this song, that that validates a little bit for me, too. But it's an incredible song, and if you don't know it, you need to go listen to it, just like the aliens would. That's a weird way to get out of this one. Hot Take 10. This final one made it on the list because it's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Mystery by the Indigo Girls, and it's maybe a little bit of a left-hand turn for some of for some of y'all, but I thought what makes this list fun, and I think why you may be still listening, is because it's not the songs maybe everybody thinks of, and this would, I would imagine, would be, you know, something people aren't thinking of, or if you even listen to Indigo Girls, but if you know me again at all, uh, Emily Salyers, who's half of the duo, is my favorite um, lyricist of all time. And this song to me is not just a gorgeous song, but I think it's a perfect lyric. Um, I think it's also a description of love that's pretty unbelievable. It's like the way that she, the way that Emily writes every song is, is unbelievable to me, but it's, this is one of those really cool moments where it's not just a gorgeous song, but it's a literally a perfect lyric. I don't think there's a better lyric in the world. If you ask me, and again, this is my list. Okay. Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen gets, gets the same vote, but doesn't affect me like this song does. And I just want to read this lyric to you, so this is going to take a minute, but I think you'll at least understand why I'm coming from where I'm coming from when I tell you this. And the song is gorgeous, so you have to go listen to it. But just listen to this lyric. So, each time you'd pull down the driveway, I wasn't sure when I would see you again. Yours was a twisted, blindsided highway, no matter which road you took then. You set up your place in my thoughts, moved in and made my thinking crowded. Are you kidding? Now we're out in the back with the barking dogs, my heart the red sun, your heart the moon clouded. I could go crazy on a night like tonight when summer's beginning to give up her fight. And every thought's a possibility, and voices are heard but nothing is seen. Why do you spend this time with me? Maybe an equal mystery. This verse, so what is love then? 
Is it dictated or chosen? Does it sing like the hymns of a thousand years, or is it just poppy motion? And if it ever was there and it left, does it mean it was never true? And to exist, it must elude. Is that why I think these things of you? So then the chorus again in this bridge, I mean, this song is a four out of four, 10 out of 10. But you like the taste of danger. It shines like sugar on your lips. And you like to stand in the line of fire just to show you can shoot straight from your hip. There must be a thousand things you would die for, and I can hardly think of two. But not everything is better spoken aloud. Not when I'm talking to you. And then here's the last verse. The pirate gets the ship and the girl tonight, breaks a bottle to christen her. Basking in the exploits of her thief, she's a very good listener. And maybe that's all that we need, is to meet in the middle of impossibility, standing at opposite poles, equal part partners in a mystery. It, it, folks, you just can't, you can't do better than that. There are a million lines that I could take out of that, but just that final line, if you are in a relationship, if you has, have a spouse, if you are dating, is there a better way to explain love in a relationship? And maybe that's all that we need is to meet in the middle of impossibility, standing at opposite poles, equal partners in a mystery. That's love, folks. <laughs> I don't know how more eloquently you can say it relationships are are impossible it's two people who want their own thing a lot of times in unhealth and in health it's hard even then but just for here to hear her say that in this song it's just gorgeous it ruins me it wrecks me it's saying everything i want to say in such a more beautiful way than i could ever think to say it and i just think playing it i would sit across from you know beak borp or whatever his name would be and be like this my friend to me is how you explain in a beautiful way, what it's like to be in love with someone that you can't control and that you love. I just think that's it. Game over. Sweet Beak Borg. Uh, we all love him. We all loathe him. We all want to be him. This has been a fun episode of Days 5 Hot Takes. Thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, I'm sure some of you are enraged. Some of you are interested. And some of you are encouraged and think me and Dave are on the same on the same wavelength. So welcome to that wavelength, if so. And I would get off soon because it's terrifying here. Uh, <laughs> as usual, you know, we learned a lot. We learned a lot of things. But one thing we didn't learn on this podcast was that Van Morrison's first stage name was Carr Ferguson. <laughs> Who knew, right, guys? Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Days 5 Hot Takes. Yeah!